Just a reminder that today we have, thank you for your regular tithes and offerings. This is also our time to give extra this week for the It's Time, which is for building needs here and in Tanzania. So 25% of it is still going to Tanzania. We're still needing the, the roof here and the, and the, building, uh, the heating units here, but we're feeling pretty good on this side of the sanctuary, so we, we have some repairs to do there. So excited to still be part of that, because it's time for some things to happen. So I'm going to go right into our message, why church and how church. So we're back to Acts. We, I said we were in Acts 14. We had a number of our missionaries come back and report, which is what happens in Acts 14. So that was a strategic opportunity to do that the last few weeks. Of course, the best part was hearing from the women. That was awesome on Mother's Day. So thank you. Um, that was really the best, maybe the best all year that we've had. So um, anyway, why and how church? We're back in Acts. And Acts is, of course, what Jesus is doing. It's what Luke was what Jesus began to do and teach. Acts is what he continued to do and teach. And there's something obvious in this text that I had to go back to, that I want to talk about. Something so obvious that we can miss it. So I wanted to start with, gentlemen, this is a football. Are you with me? She's with me because she knows we're talking about Vince Lombardi and the Green Bay Packers. I, I know, I'm, I, I apologize. I, uh, you know, I'm a Vikings fan, but he was a great coach. And I know some of you are cheering because you've never heard me talk about the Green Bay Packers positively. So um, Vince Lombardi, though, uh, he uh, took a losing uh, team in the Green Bay Packers. They had not one since 44 in the glory days, and he took them to a winning record, 1960, and then they lost in the championship at the end. And he promised them after the game that will never happen. 61, he came to training camp and he said, gentlemen, this is a football. And from there he went to teach and drill the fundamentals, how to block, how to tackle, how to stand, how to hold the football. And he just drilled and drilled the fundamentals, and that team went on to win the championship. Five times he won the championship. In fact, after the game that he said that won't happen again, they never lost a playoff game. He drilled fundamentals, the most fundamental thing, and I'm going to get to probably the most fundamental thing about the Green Bay Packers and about us. So, what is it? We're in Acts 14. You can open your Bibles there if you want. It's the short passage at the end. We already preached the first part of Acts 14, but I, I just felt like we needed to stick with this part at the end. So after preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned. Now that word in Greek, making disciples, for some of you is going to trigger a pretty famous verse that... This is the only place that word is used in the New Testament outside of Matthew. And the most famous place in Matthew where it's used is right here. Therefore, go and make disciples. Make disciples going, baptizing, teaching. Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. It's not about knowing. 
It's about obeying. And we can see how well we're doing by how well we're obeying. And be sure of this. I am with you always. God is with us as we obey, as we teach, as we make disciples and pursue being a disciple. So, Acts 14, after preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned home. They're done, right? They made disciples. This is our goal. We're supposed to make disciples, right? So when we're done making disciples, why not go home? Were they done? So there was a piece that was left to be doing. So why, what did they did? Whoops. After preaching the good news in Derby and making disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia. Those were the places they had just been persecuted. Paul had just been stoned. Remember, Paul used to be the guy on the stoning side of things with Stephen. Now he got stoned and he went back. Something was important enough for Paul to go back where he just got stoned. And just, they, they had just been beaten up. And it was important enough for them to go back, even though they'd already made disciples. So what was it that was so important? They returned to nurture the church. And I think in our day, we have to ask, why church? Because a lot of people are asking that question, why church? In fact, they're not even asking. They're just like, why bother with church? Right? Why church? I mean, I'm a, I'm a disciple. I follow Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. But church, you know, it's not, it's not necessary to, to, you know, you can be a car without going in a garage. You can be a Christian without going into church. Why church. I remember we said the church is not a program or a place or a pastor. The church is a people. Church is not just people. It is a people. So why church? First, evil is a team. Evil is a kingdom. In the first part of Genesis, we talked about how, gen how evil and injustice went from bad to worse, from the family Individuals to the family, to society, to inter-ethnic, international evil. Evil's a team. The Russian army is a team. You won't defeat them with soldiers, only with an army. In fact, Ukraine won't defeat them by themselves, only with if the rest of the world decides to be a team, will that happen? All the stuff that's evil is Corporate, systemic, it's combined together. It's not just some individual evil people. Okay? So God's kingdom must respond as a team. God responds to evil with a kingdom. It's always been God's plan. I'm going to flip back to, you know, we did this chart, but first act, God builds a great, just, holy kingdom. He called Abraham and he said, I will make you a nation. And you'll bless all the nations of the earth. But he didn't just say, I'm calling you, Abraham. You're my guy. He said, I'm going to make you a nation. They became the nation of Israel, where people were supposed to come from all those ethnic groups to join the people of God. The formation of the new people of God in Acts, the church, 
is God's goal and his means. He's there to create a new people of God. And how did he do it? With the people of God. With Jerusalem first, church first, we saw, and then in Samaria, other places in Antioch, and then Antioch sends them out to make churches. It's God's goal for the church to go to all ethnic groups, all nations, to bless, to be blessed, to be a blessing. So why church? Evil is a team, a kingdom, God's kingdom. It's always been God's plan. And everything significant is done by teams. Right? You don't build a Boeing, design and build a Boeing 747 because you're a good engineer. Or a good welder. Or a good whatever. You have to have a team. Right? You don't build 3M because you happen to be smart. You build 3M because you create a great company that lasts for years and keeps coming up with new things. Everything significant is done by teams. Whether it's evil or good, it's done by a team, a corporate group of people. And yet, when it comes to following Jesus, building the kingdom of God, we're like, yeah, I'm doing that. I can, I can handle it. You can't build God's kingdom alone. Vince Lombardi did not win those championships. His team won the championships as a team. And, okay, so you say, I'm a football player. You're like, great, what team are you on? Oh, I'm not really on a team. What? You're an ex-football player then. You're not a football player. You can't play football unless you have a team. Am I right? You can lift weights, you can throw balls, you can block people by yourself if you want. But you're not a team. You're not a football player unless you're on a football team. I don't, whatever team it is, you've got to be on a team to play football. Here's some other Vince Lombardi quotes. Teamwork is what the Green Bay Packers were all about. They didn't do it for individual glory. They did it because they loved one another. The challenge of every team is to build a team of feeling of oneness, of dependence on one another, because the question is usually not how well each person performs, but how well they work together. People who work together will win, whether it be against complex football defenses or the problems of modern society. It has to be a team. Right? And some of the basics, like... Showing up for practice. When he said, this is a football, everybody was in the seats. And actually, folks, this is practice. I mean, James was saying this is practice for worshiping in heaven. I mean, it's the real thing we're worshiping, but mostly we're practicing to do it out there. When you have your devotions, you read your Bible, you pray, you do other things like that, that's practice so that you can love when it gets tough. That's the practice. And this is corporate practice. But we need to be together doing the kingdom of God. Um, so how, church? I had to do that just because it's so basic that it's so easy to forget because right now everybody's like, yeah. I, honestly, the pandemic kind of knocked us off because it got to be, oh, church is what we, if church is just a 
sermon, we could do that online. You can hear a lot of better preachers than me online. Just, I know you were surprised by that, but it's uh, true. But it's not about just consuming content. God builds his church with us and trust. And this is the other thing. God is on the team. God said, I will be with you. That's the key. So how church, how is because it's about trusting God. We have to trust that God is going to do it, not us. If it's just about us, it's easy to get discouraged. I mean, look around. It's just us. But it's also God with us. So we need to trust God, we need to trust truth, and we need to trust leaders. Um, these are how church that's in this passage. Let's go to the passage. Trust truth, trust God. So after preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Pisidia, where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith. So the faith is some truth. It's also some trust in God and some trust in that truth, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. So could you turn to somebody else and say, we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Say it again. So Vince Lombardi uh, learned his spiritual discipline preparing to be a priest, except his seminary didn't play football, so he ended up quitting that. Um, and then he learned military discipline when he coached at West Point. And then he had that kind of discipline in his teams because he's like, it takes discipline. We have to suffer. We have to sacrifice. But most of us have been told that not suffering is the point. Getting by as easy as possible is the point. But you remember the story of the guy who said the kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in a field. And he gave up everything to get that kingdom of God. So if you want the kingdom of God, it's going to take sacrifice. No matter what evangelistic thing you heard that, oh, it'll be great. Just pray this prayer. You'll be a Christian and then you'll be great. There is sacrifice if we're really going to pursue the kingdom of God. Because we have an enemy. We have a, a team against us. So they encourage them to continue. Does that sound encouraging to you? Uh, okay. Who will you strengthen and encourage to continue in God's truth and trust? So continuing in the faith includes that truth that's God's and trusting God, trusting that truth. So that's my question for you. Who will you strengthen and encourage to continue in God's truth and trust? And then this is from my brother, not how. And usually people say, well, I'm going to say hi. Uh, okay. So let's try it with somebody. How are you going to strengthen and encourage somebody to continue in God's truth and trust? Somebody give me a... Who? Who will you strengthen? Your grandkids. Okay. How? By re giving truth into them, loving them unconditionally, and being an example. 
Okay, how? How do you do that, Melly? Give me more specifics. You text the older ones a verse when God gives it to you for them, and the older ones come over and be with you. Younger ones come over and be with you. Yeah? Be in with them as much as you can. Okay. So you have to eat, keep asking how until you get something you can do today or tomorrow. That's something Millie can do today or tomorrow, and she did it yesterday. She's texting her grandkids verses that, for them. She's being an example for them. She's having them over. So back to this question, who will you strengthen and encourage? If we're a team, we need to be strengthened and encouraging each other, right? Who and how? And now tell somebody next to you who and how. Or somebody nearby. So you need to encourage and strengthen somebody near you by actually getting over by them and saying something about who you're going to encourage and strengthen. Some of you, I know you're kind of sitting kind of far away. You might have to move or turn around. We got in the habit of social distancing. I know it's harder these days. Okay, somebody tell me one, one who and one how. Grandchildren, how? Praying for them, okay? All right, I hope you write that down. Yep, Carmenita. And encourage your neighborhood, all right. Great, how? By showing them how God worked in your life. That's awesome. And his truth. Great. Thanks, Carmenita. So just a sideline on suffering and trusting God in suffering. Reality minus expectation equals happiness. You've heard me say that before. So your expectation has to be, well, Paul just said we should be expecting to suffer, even to death like Jesus. Then if you hit some suffering along the way, if it's not to death like Jesus, you can be happy. In fact, for Peter, he was happy even when he suffered unto death like Jesus because he knew that was the way he was going to glorify God. So encouragement can be suffering is normal. In fact, it's really normal for people who are on a team, like a football team or a military army or the kingdom of God. You need to trust leaders. So Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church. You, so you see, they have churches. They've just been through here. They just made disciples, but they went back to establish churches. There is the hidden thing there. They were the out for churches. They went back to make sure that they were churches. 
And they appointed elders in every church. Now this word appointed means they stretched out their hands. They stretched out their hands. Now that can be a show of hands. It can be a laying on of hands. So it's not clear if it was like in, uh, in uh, Acts 6 where the people decided that these are the people we want to vote in and then the, the uh, apostles laid hands on them and anointed them. So whether it was chosen by Paul and Barnabas or whether it was chosen by the people and then Paul and Barnabas blessed that choice, they appointed them and with prayer and fasting they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. I want you to notice that their trust wasn't ultimately in the leaders. It was in the Lord who they turned these leaders over to put trust in. I want you to notice that it was plural. Paul and Barnabas were a team. They were sent by a church. There were five people who heard from God that they should send Paul and Barnabas. It talks about the apostles. It talks about the elders. It talks about deacons. It never says the pastor. It never says the elder. It never says the apostle. Leadership was plural in the New Testament. And leadership needs to be plural for us. Partially because there is no success without a successor. Vince Lombardi was great, but he didn't really have a successor. Which the Green Bay Packers have been complaining about ever since. These people in Wisconsin. So, I want you to not only lead in your ministry, but do it with somebody. Do ministry together. And then, so, have you ever heard of a football team that had nobody else who could play a position. They only have one quarterback. If he gets injured, uh, get some of the linemen to play quarterback. No. Every football team has multiple people who play that position, and they work hard to make sure everybody can play the position because they don't know when they're going to get injured or retire or get traded. Right? So if you're a leader here, I want you to make sure that you are leading together with somebody. I want to ask, are you praying earnestly for leaders for the church? And I mean this in two ways. Are you praying that we will discover the leaders, that God will give us the leaders that we need? So Liz has moved on, and we've got some people filling those spots, but not as many hours as she did. Jerry's doing a master's degree, so she's going to be counseling and, and ministering as a pastor out there like she's been pastoring us. But So we need to be praying for God to bring the next leaders. We've been praying for elders, praying for ministry coordinators, praying for small group leaders. If you are doing one of those things, in fact, could I have the leaders in the house stand up? If you are leading a ministry, a prayer ministry, if you're leading a small group ministry, if you are leading uh, ministry coordinator, elders, start with the elders. Elders, stand up. Okay, elders, stand up. Ministry coordinators, stand up. Small group leaders, stand up. 
If you're leading some other ministry, stand up. Okay. We want you to be praying for these people. We want you also to be following these people. That's part of trusting God to trust the leaders. Thank you. Um, and those of you who are standing up, are you leading with somebody? So that if we lose you somehow, we're not back to being those Green Bay Packers before Vince Lombardi. Hey, 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 she says. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Vince Lombardi? Yeah, he played for some team. Um, he was really good. Vince was, yeah. Um, so, are you praying earnestly for leaders for the church? And for the leaders who are here now, are you praying earnestly for them? And then are you trusting God to use these leaders? It's not as much a matter of trusting these leaders as it is trusting God to use these leaders. Notice that these people just got saved. This whole trip took two years. And yet they're going back and appointing these leaders and releasing them to lead the church because they're releasing the care of the Lord in whom they put their trust. Both the leaders and Paul and Barnabas are trusting God. Um, one of my friends, Church of Christ uh, friends, it, they had a team that was leading in, in Tanzania, a couple of uh, families. And in eight years, they planted 80 churches. How did they do it? They trusted the Holy Spirit to lead people. And they, they had a list of verses, basically, they'd go through in 11 lessons to establish a church, and then 25 lessons, well, to, before they planted the church, they baptized people, then 25 lessons to establish a church. And then they'd, they'd say, okay, here's how you pick leaders. Here's the qualifications of leaders. Pick your leaders. Bless them. You're a church. Somebody said, well, my uncle wants to have a church at his village. They'd say, you saw how it was done. Here's the list of scriptures. Go do it. That's, they didn't even plant the 80 churches. It was the people who were there that planted. Now, it took a lot of establishing and still is since. But it's a matter of trusting leaders. Usually, though, we're so protective and unsure if we could let things go. And that was uh, uh, Van and Anderson and, and Roland Allen, the famous people in, in, were about, you know, as missionaries, we keep planting missions and not churches. Paul planted churches. He released churches. You'll notice um, we try to be like the Church of Christ, like a lot of people. We try to be an, a New Testament church. We are an independent church because in Acts we see independent churches. We are an interdependent with other churches in the All Nations family of churches and in the Fellowship of Christian Assemblies and in our neighborhood in St. Paul because that's what we see in the New Testament. The emphasis now it means probably needs to be more on the interdependent than on the independent, but we need to be depending on each other. You'll notice when we planted these All Nations family of churches, they're not under us. They have their own elders, their own constitutions. We have a family of churches. Some of them are younger than 90 years. Some are only 10 years old. But we're trusting God to do things in them and to teach things to us through them. And the same elsewhere. We're trusting God. So now for you leaders and for me, one of the hardest things to trust God is for God to use me. As a leader. You know some of my faults. Some that I don't even know. But I know a lot more of them. And it's hard for me sometimes to trust God to use me. As a leader. And for you. 
as a leader, it might be hard to believe that God is really going to use me as a leader. In fact, when I come to you and say, or somebody else says, would you be a leader of this? You're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if God could really use me. Or when you get an idea and think that something needs to be done, instead of initiating it, you bring it and say, Wait, uh, here's an idea, Pastor, why don't you do this? Why don't you do it? Tell me about it. Or if you need some help, you need some money, you need some... Let's go for it. God wants to use you as a follower. And as, we all have to follow. We all have to lead. And it takes trust both times. You follow me? And trusting leaders is not what is popular now. Trusting any corporate entity is not what is popular now. We're going to have to be against the culture to work together as a team. To trust. And to trust God that can use us and use this body of people and use these leaders that we know so well. I mean, those preachers on TV, they're amazing. But the guys we know, not so much. We know their lives too well. Other people have amazing elders, but our elders, you know, they're people, really. People that God can use. Are you trusting God to use these leaders and to use this church? Then they traveled through Pisidia to Pamphylia. They preached their word in Perga and then down to Italia. And then finally they returned by ship to Antioch of Syria where their journey had begun. The believers there had entrusted them. Notice the trust. Antioch had entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work they had now completed. They were praying for them. They were trusting that God was going to use them because God said, send these people. Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and reported everything God had done through them. Or the Greek is really everything God had done with them. And how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles too. There was this breakthrough and they stayed there with the believers for a long time. Now in some ways we say, were they coming back home? In a way they were coming back home, but actually that this was their previous mission field that, where they had come to strengthen the church in Antioch, right? And build up the church in Antioch. So, are you following me? It's about trusting God. Ultimately, do you believe that God can use people? Normal, ordinary, fallen, sinful, weak people like us. That he can do it together. That he's got great things he wants to do and is going to do with us, among us. This is a football. This is the Vince Lombardi trophy that the Super Bowl winner gets. And it's a life-size silver football on a stand. It weighs seven pounds instead of the weight of a real football. And that's what you get. Who gets that? The team gets that trophy. The players get a ring. Cool. But the team gets the football. They get the trophy. There is a trophy, there is a reward waiting for us as a team, as a church. And it's worth the effort. Even Vince Lombardi said, 
all my players, he's got, he's got to be God first, family second, and then the Green Bay Packers. They couldn't anything, none of us could get to third place. For us, what is your priority? What are you striving for? Is there anything bigger than your individual ambitions? Even your individual relationship with God? We will not achieve the goal that God has without using his means, which is the church. And the goal is the kingdom of God. So, how God builds his church with us and with trust, when we trust God, when we trust truth, God's truth, when we trust leaders because we trust God to use those leaders. That's what it takes. Can we pray together? And would the worship team come? Lord, we know our weaknesses. We know what we can't do. <laughs> but we don't really know your power. So would you show us not only your power and your love, but your desire to use us? God, our world needs not only disciples, trained ministers, but it needs healthy churches, loving churches, bringing justice, bringing blessing to this community and beyond. The nations need the church. The world, the flesh, and the devil are arraigned against everything good. But they are no match for you. And what you have chosen to work through is your people. For thousands of years, for 2,000 years, it's been your church. And until eternity, it's going to be your church. Nations come and go, corporations come and go, teams come and go, armies come and go, but the church is forever. The kingdom of God has no end. So God, we want to trust you to use us as your church to build, because you said you would build your church. We want to build your kingdom with you. We give ourselves to you and to each other and together to our world for your glory. In Jesus' name.